0: Hey everybody, it's Sam with West Virginia Overtime, and I haven't talked to you guys in, I don't know, about a week, and I thought that I would come and uh, let you guys hear my voice. I last week, uh, I believe it was March 17th, I actually think it was St. Patrick's Day, um, came out with a news and updates broadcast. Since then, I have heard from quite a few of you, either on Twitter, through DMs, or um, a couple of you have wrote me at West Virginia Overtime at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up uh, anywhere you want to as far as on email you can DM me through Twitter Um, I believe West Virginia Overtime's Facebook page has it set up where you can hit me through uh, messenger but I had a lot of coaches say hey um, my buddy saw on Facebook that you said there's a free clinic. What's that about? Or, you know, somebody hit me up and said, hey, I thought there was supposed to be a free clinic with Urban Myers buddy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you give me that information? Um, I don't care to give you guys Any information you want. A matter of fact, that's kind of what I have been doing since the coronavirus pandemic has hit. And that was actually the purpose of the news and update uh, podcast episode that I did last week. Some of you didn't listen to it. Um, I heard from some of you. Why was I doing a coronavirus pandemic episode? And I wrote back and said, what made you think that? And they said, because it said news and updates. And I said, did you read the little description under it? in your podcatcher. No. Well it told you what I was gonna be talking about and all of the free things that I was gonna be talking about. Oh I thought since it said news and updates that you were just gonna give us updates on the coronavirus. No guys, um I am not a doctor and I did not sleep in a holiday inn last night, so you're not going to hear coronavirus updates from me, other than when we can start practicing again, uh, or if the SSAC says that we can start sports up again. That will probably be the only coronavirus pandemic update that you were will hear from me. I am not qualified to do that. Uh, I am qualified to um, talk about what others, you know, say or what they're offering. So that's why I have been putting up as much free stuff as I possibly can now i know that i have retweeted a couple things that do cost uh because a couple of you have wrote me about that uh, they don't cost a lot um i think one cost 25 dollars, and then the other i believe was 40 um i'm trying to find as much free stuff as i can so That's what you're seeing. What I'm going to encourage you to do again this week that I did last week, please go to West Virginia Overtime's Twitter page and actually look through the things I've retweeted. Or if you're on Facebook, it shows up so much better on Facebook. But if you'll actually go to the West Virginia Overtime page, the search bar's up top on Facebook. If you'll type in WV Overtime, it should pop us up. Click on it, it'll take you to our page. Scroll down, and it actually separates it and shows it to you. And I try to put the cost there. I have been trying to put the words free in all capital letters. So it's a little easier to see on Facebook just because um, I can rewrite it in a way where it's more visually appealing, I guess. And things that I can remember when exactly they're starting, I try to put up a post either the night before or that morning and say, This is starting today. Hello. And I try to get you guys' attention. There have been several, several uh, clinics this week the virtual online basketball clinic that um coach tube is offering is still running they have now over a hundred coaches and they think they're close to a hundred and fifty coaches that are offering their time they had they were planning on going till march 30th i think they're up to march 4th now they're planning on going as long as they have coaches willing to teach so if you're interested in learning Um, A certain part of an offense, or like today I watched Greg White on his screening game and the different screens and cuts. Yes, I know most of them, but it's always a good refresher. Um, I did a class on dribble drive. No, I I don't run dribble drive offense. No, I don't want to run dribble drive offense. But guess what? My defense needs to know... How to stop triple drive offense. And in order for me to teach a defense in how to stop it, I have to understand it. Um, I have been trying to go to a lot of the basketball conferences On culture how to build a culture how to build a winning culture how to start up programs how to turn a losing program into a winning program I have been trying to talk uh, or listen to people talk about communicating with the millennial athlete or the Gen Z athlete um, how to interpret what they're saying and what they're talking about because I feel like I need to stay up on that. So that has been good for me. I encouraged many of you that were football, baseball, basketball coaches, whatever, to get in some of those. Even though you don't wanna you don't want to waste your time on listening to someone talk about the dribble drive offense when you're coaching softball. But if you listen to um, how to build a winning culture or how to take your program from the bottom and through the first year and how what steps you need to go through, that may help you as a softball coach or a baseball coach or a volleyball coach or a football coach, whatever. So I have encouraged people – I put it out there. Uh, there was a one-day football clinic that ran from, I think it was uh, noon to 8 o'clock at night. Um, that had all kinds of different coaches going over all kinds of different schemes, uh, different blitz packages, things like that. Um, the ABCA, which is the American Baseball conference association uh, or coaches association sorry um put up a free deal that they were running uh where you could get certain resources off their website for free and then you got a discount on certain things that you bought from them um there are certain training programs that are offering free um, deals or they're offering like 50% off. Yesterday, Nike announced Nike's training app that you can get both in the google and the apple store the the nike training app you can sign up for the premium version of it right now for free it's a 130 dollars i think a year uh it is free to your athletes right now um it has individual workout plans it has classes that are being taught by Nike's um, master class trainers that they can actually attend or uh, some of them you can attend after the fact they have them on replay. Um, I was looking at it The Nike app has a lot of different things on it that kids can be doing. And like I said, they have individual workouts on there. And some of them, they don't have to have weights to do. Um, I have put up... um, There is a conference, I believe, on Thursday where... They are asking coaches and at least part of their team to attend together, and it's about overcoming obstacles in difficult situations. I know they're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and the pandemic situation that we're going through. But what they're planning on doing is relating that to seasons ending early or seasons not beginning um, off field activities or excuse me off-season activities and how those have been canceled such as spring games for football um a lot of states are allow seven on seven in certain weeks in the spring and of course our summer june period of three weeks may end up getting canceled and what kind of effect it can have on you as a coach but as players and so there are a lot of stuff out there that are offering things to your players please take advantage of it look at it see if it fits your team it fits your beliefs it fits your values it fits your core culture and then Push that information out to your players. I am not saying check West Virginia overtime for me. I have told you guys numerous times. I don't have any advertisers. I don't have any advertisers on this podcast. I don't have any advertisers on the West Virginia overtime uh, site, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Facebook. This is something that I do in my free time for you guys, for your players, for the benefit of your players. I want your players getting recognized. I want them to be the best that they can possibly be. And I want you guys to be the best coaches that you can be because you'll be turning out great people. And so I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you guys and your players. So... When I say check West Virginia over time, you check it in the morning and then check it in the evening, scroll all the way back and get the information you need. Yes, I'm still putting up motivational quotes. Yes, some of you wrote me and said, I don't want to see that. Uh, Well, you know what? I don't care because some people need them. Some athletes need them and so um i don't care to put those up um some people are saying will you put a lot of basketball stuff up well number one i'm a basketball coach so i'm gonna put basketball stuff up because i have basketball connections or i know the outfits that offer basketball clinics. Here's the thing. I don't coach football. I have put out twice now. Do any of you guys have sites that I need to follow football-wise? Do you guys have coaches you want me to follow football-wise? Where? What can I do to help get the word out? And quite a few of you have wrote me. Coach Kurt Hines um, must be unbelievable because a lot of you have wrote me and told me about him. I follow him, and I learn stuff from him. I don't care to read a football article. I love football. I love college football. Um, I don't always understand his articles because sometimes they're talking about schemes that are above my head. But you know what? Every couple of articles, again, he talks about culture, and it's something I can learn about. I have asked be- baseball, softball, volleyball, track athletes, if there's people you guys follow, send them to me. Um, I had a soccer guy send me the West Virginia Soccer Association. I follow that. I you know retweet when they send out information about whatever's going on. Um, Coach Sotcasto from Nitro big props to him. He uh follows um, ahead of the curve, which is now a podcast. I have listened to a couple of them. I love that podcast. I love his notes that he does every week on the podcast he listens to. He has told me about the ABCA um, conference or association for me to follow them and get baseball information from them. I do that. Um, if you guys have anyone you want me to follow, so that I can get information and get it out to as many coaches and players as I can, I will. I have been retweeting workouts um, from anybody and everybody that your athletes can do. I mean, something as simple as the deck of cards workout. Where, you know, certain suits, um, you know, hearts is push-ups, uh, spades is sit-ups, and they turn over a card and it's, you know, the king of hearts, well, they do 10 push-ups. So, things that simple to, um, I have been retweeting John Gordon's daily workouts that he is suggesting about doing uh, driveway sprints so many times to uh doing mountain climbers on the steps of sidewalks so many times to jumping up against a wall so many times on your left foot and then jumping up against a wall so many times on your right foot i am doing everything i can to help you guys Here's the help I need. If you know of anything, write me. I'm at wvovertime at gmail.com. Feel free to DM me or tweet me. Feel free to DM me or tweet me on uh, Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. Let me know. I can't provide it if I don't know about it. And like I said, a lot of athletes do follow me. So, I mean, it's one way to get it out of there. While I was looking for information today, I just happened to see a coach that I have met through Twitter um, and we have talked back and forth He is actually a track coach, and he put out a strength and conditioning workout for his players, excuse me, his runners, to be doing in case they let them continue their spring season, and I touched base with him. I DM'd him privately and said, what kind of accommodations can I make for middle school athletes Um, because he was doing it for his high school athletes he had them broken down for sprinters and long distance and I said you know would a middle school athlete do this same type of workout or do accommodations need to be made we struck up a conversation, I ended up following him on Twitter, he follows me now on Twitter, and while I was going through Twitter this morning, I saw where he had a quote posted, and it was by John Gordon, and it says, you go through the five D's, in times of uncertainty and I copied those down and I thought you know I have been meaning to read John Gordon's books I have seen numerous coaches say John Gordon is a great speaker he is a great author you want to listen to any clinics he puts on Um I have now looked through my podcasts and highlighted him and have seen where he has spoken on certain podcasts and I have downloaded those. I'm gonna be listening to those the next couple days. But what I wanted to kind of leave you with um is talking a little bit about that. In my way. Because like I said. I haven't heard John Gordon talk about it yet. So I may be coming back here in a couple of days. Or next week. And saying. Oh I listened to John Gordon. I was wrong. He said this. Or yeah I know I said this. But he added this. Or whatever. But I want to go through the five D's. With you guys. When you're dealing with times of uncertainty. Because. Um. I think it's important for us to know where we are, what D are we in, and how to get out of it. But also, more importantly, what D is our team in, and how can we help them get out of it. I'm going to put the five D's up in the notes, but they are doubt, distortion, discouragement, distraction, and division, and they're not uh, like the five cycles of anger. These aren't ones that you go through in any type of order. These are just the 5Ds that people have noticed and that you have to recognize them that, hey, this is what I'm going through in order to get your positive thoughts and beliefs back on track. And it's so true. Um, And the reason why I say that is because when I saw that and I wrote it down, I put it up on um, West Virginia Overtime, and I looked at it, I thought, this is some of the things that I experienced with my team. Not only this year, but in past years. You know, when I was coaching volleyball, this was something my volleyball teams went through. And when you look at the first one, it's doubt. And we as coaches experience doubt all the time. Um, and it may be something little as, hey, I attended an online uh, clinic and it gave me this nugget of how to run a screen differently. You know where my focus point maybe should be. Well, when I'm first thinking about that, I'm gonna have some doubt. The first time I make the decision, hey, yeah, we need to we need to change over to this, I'm gonna have some doubt. Uh, the first time I teach it. I may have some doubt the first time a player in my system that has been through it before may question and say hey wait a minute this is this is a different focal point and may have some doubt the first time we lose a game I may have some doubt and so as a coach we experience doubt either little bits or great huge wait a minute I have made, you know, a bad decision here. You know, and speaking in basketball terms, one of the things that that I see coaches all the time, you can see the doubt on their face is when they make a decision they're playing man-to-man defense, they say, "Hey, you, you've got 12." And the first play of the game, they lose the drum ball. You know, the other team's running their offense. And number 12 gets open and drills the three-pointer. If you immediately look at that coach's face, you're going to see doubt. You're going to be like, oh, he is thinking, should he have put that player on number 12? Um. Sometimes we experience doubt on who we choose as starters. Who we think may be our leaders this year. Not our captains, but our leaders. Um, But we've got to recognize that players experience doubt. And not only... Do they doubt the coaches as far as maybe the system we're teaching or how we're changing their football throwing motion or the uh, slide step that they're teaching uh, blocking wise or something like that? Because it's new. Sometimes they doubt their ability. And a lot of times I think with players, from talking to them, a lot of their doubt seeps in because of parents or because of friends or articles they read uh, in the newspaper or on TV or that are on the internet talking about, you know, this big game coming up on Friday and whether this team's better than them or not. And they start experiencing doubt. And how we have to turn that around. And the thing is, I'm an old school coach. You know, I like pointing out where our issues are and um, solving them. But when you're dealing with this first D, the doubt D, by pointing out their very doubt, pointing out a mistake on what they're already doubting themselves about, a lot of times just makes it worse. Instead, maybe we need to be encouraging. And that's something that I really tried to work on this, this year. Um, not only with um, my team, but just in life in general. Uh, trying to be more positive and pointing out, positive things i find that that helps doubt telling them you know you're doing well in this new drill you're doing well with your new throwing motion you're doing well you know with this new math problem you know i have found that that helps them with their doubt A very strong sentence that I use in my job that I definitely have been trying to use more in sports is the sentence, I believe in you. And I have enough belief in you that you can doubt yourself. But I believe in you. And that seems to help. Now, the next D is distortion. And I think a lot of coaches go through distortion, especially in the beginning of the season. Um, I think we all, that first week of the season, first week and a half of the season, when we're practicing, we go through distortion we think we actually have great teams and there's a real possibility we might go undefeated and we might win a championship or get in the playoffs or we might win the sectionals and go to the regionals or we, you know, we might have the player of the year on our hands or we might have two players that are going to get recruited heavily this year. We go through distortion and we have to realize that at different points in time, we are going to go through distortion. And sometimes it happens in a game. A call doesn't go our way. And, you know, it was a borderline call. So, we, it starts seeping into our mind that the refs are against us. Um, you know, we're playing away from home. Home teams probably played them off. So then we get another close call. And again, it didn't go our way. And then... We start getting into a, a distortion view... Where all the calls are going against us. And... We don't want to do that. So... You really need to make sure that if you're a head coach, that you don't get involved in that. If you do, you recognize that tendency and you have an assistant coach that is there to be positive with you. And that can tell you, no, you're going through the distortion. Those calls, you know, the first one was iffy, but the next two were right on the bat. Don't don't get out of it. You know, don't listen to the parents yelling. Don't listen to the players. But we also have distortion in our players, where they think they're better than what they are, or they think they're worse than what they are, or they think their teammates are worse than what they are or better than what they are. And distortion can cause them to maybe make passes they shouldn't be making. You know, um, I saw that with a volleyball team that I watched this year um a lot of times they would have their defense set up correctly they would bump the ball to the setter and the setter had a distortion where no matter who was lined up as her outside hitter that they could jump As good as their best outside hitter. And she always wanted to set the ball to that level. And to that closeness of the net. Not realizing that if it wasn't that particular outside hitter. What was happening with their shorter players. Number one when she set it up that high. They couldn't. Get there, they were wait having to wait a second to to start their jump a little later. Number two, because they weren't reaching that peak, it was and she was setting it closer to the net. It was actually allowing the other team, which was bigger than them, to actually set up a double block where they could reach more over the net and block. Plus, because it was a shorter hitter, the block was working more. But there was a distortion going on with this setter thinking it wasn't her fault. She didn't realize what she was doing. And I don't know that the coach realized it until after the game. So you need to realize when your players are distorting things. Um, You know, we have quarterbacks and wide receivers a lot of times uh, work out in the summer. And they're throwing passes to each other. They're, they're running routes and throwing passes to each other. They're getting used to that. They're, they're getting their timing. And distortion kind of goes on when defense starts getting on those wide receivers and, you know, blocking them at the line or hitting them as they come off the line. Or taking away certain routes or cutting routes off or uh, getting in the way. And so those timing patterns are thrown off. And so your quarterback is going through a distortion thinking that that wide receiver is faster than what he actually is. Because he's got a defense against him. Then we run into being discouraged. And of course, we're all going to get discouraged at different points in times. And it may run, you might get discouraged for five minutes. You may be discouraged the whole practice. You may be discouraged the whole game. uh, You may lose a game and be discouraged for two days. Our players are also going to be discouraged. Maybe they didn't get as much playing time as they thought. Maybe their playing time uh, that they got didn't work out and it caused them to get less. And they get discouraged. And when we're discouraged, we need to realize that as coaches and players, we have a tendency not to want to fight through it, to work hard, to work harder. Sometimes we want to wallow in that discouragement and let it go over and over and over and over in our brains. And we can't do that. And you can't let little things discourage you. Because, you know, another player told another player who told another player that they were awful well, you can't let that discouragement get you. It it can't get that player down for a whole practice or whatever. It it can ruin things, and so. Watch for discouragement on your team. Watch for discouragement in your coaches, whether it be your head coach getting discouraged, whether it be other assistants getting discouraged. You want to try to build a culture that doesn't allow discouragement because not only are head coaches and assistant coaches encouraging each other, but the players are encouraging each other and, The coaches are encouraging the players, and the players are encouraging the coaches. And so that discouragement, even though it happens, it doesn't happen long. And then we run into the fourth D, which is distraction. And distraction can be anything and everything. And sometimes we realize, uh, talking to coaches, the number one distraction that seems to always comes up when you get a group of coaches together is the phone. And it's a distraction not only for our players, it's a distraction for coaches, I don't know how many different practices I've attended in other sports, I love attending other sports practices and seeing what their practice plan is looking like, seeing do they follow that practice plan, why do they follow that practice plan, why do they not follow that practice plan, what happened with it, how did they write it up, you know, but I love watching during practices when coaches get distracted. Do they get distracted by their phone? Do they get distracted by the clock? Do they get distracted by other people walking in? Do they get distracted by their family? Do they get distracted by their own players? It's almost like um, somebody yells, Squirrel! And, boom, we're distracted. So, we can't always pick on players for getting distracted by their phone if you are as a coach. The number two thing that I hear that players get distracted by are parents, boyfriends, and girlfriends. And since we can't do away with those people, they need them in their life to encourage them, how can we make them not be a distraction? How can we get parents not to be a distraction? How can we get boyfriends or girlfriends not to be an distraction? Well, you know, I I was listening to different people speak. I've heard on different... um, podcasts from different coaches one of the ways they're getting parents and boyfriends and girlfriends not to be a distraction to the team is by making them part of the team now they are not part of the inner team but they are part of the outer team And, I got to thinking about that, and it makes so much sense. You know, why do parents distract your players during a game by yelling, shoot it? Why do parents yell, um, you need to be blocking? Get on the outside and block. You need to be out there. Why are you not covering that? And you hear that as a coach and you're thinking, he's not outside blocking on that because on this play, that's not what I want him to do. I want him blocking our backside because we have another play that looks exactly the same where we keep the quarterback in the pocket and we actually throw a pass. I've heard that from so many different coaches. Here's the thing. In the beginning of your season, do you ever take the parents... Or the boyfriends or their girlfriends, invite them to a meeting and say, This is our offense. This is our defense. This is our transition. Do you ever do that? Do you, um, you know, if you're a volleyball coach, do you ever actually sit down? And have a parent's meeting and tell them what a setter is. Do you show them what a set is? Do you tell them what an outside hitter is or a spiker is? Do you show them what a spike looks like? Do you show them what a keel looks like? Do you show them what an ace looks like? Or do you allow your volleyball parents to figure that out on their own? Or do you allow your players who are learning it to teach their parents? Because you think about it, you know, in midget league, if you've had this superstar running bike in midget league and he's coming up to middle school, well, of course the parents when they're sitting in the stands are expecting him to run outside all the time. That's what he did initially, you know, he was faster than all other kids. Uh, They expect him to run outside all the time. They expect him to get as many touchdowns. He's better than these kids. He's been playing with these kids now for five years. You know, why wouldn't you continue doing the same thing? Well, have you ever had a parents meeting as a middle school football coach and said, you know, I believe in smash mouth football, and I believe in running it up the middle, and I believe in running through this left side hole or this right side. We don't run outside a lot. We're not going to be doing any jet sweeps. Uh, We don't throw a lot of bubble screens. Have you ever sat down and told them, that because that takes away a lot of distraction. Because that's something that I regret this year. I, I regret it in a lot of seasons. Um, you know, if your middle school runs a completely different offense and defense, than what you do as a high school coach, because you can't get your middle school coach to run what you you run, whether it be football or volleyball or basketball or softball or or baseball or whatever, they have different views. Have you actually had a parent meeting and told them what's different? so that they're not a distraction. By yelling things by cheering the wrong things by getting mad about the wrong things. You know, so that's something that you may want to look at. And then the last day is division. And I almost wonder if It is not the biggest D that we've went over that can cause the most problems. If you get some kind of team that is divided, where there are different divisions, where the divisions treat each other differently unequally um you know i have i've seen track practices where you know the sprinters and the long distance kids totally trash the the field sport kids if they don't do a running event you don't work as hard as us you you don't practice like we do. You know, we're out here for 45 minutes. We're out here an hour and a half. All you guys do is um, do 15 jumps and you go home or you throw the shot putt 20 times and you go home. You guys are awful. And, and there's a division. They don't want to support each other. Um, i've seen it happen on teams where offenses versus defense um in football i've seen it with skill players versus lines uh you know people thinking they're more important than others um i've seen it um i saw it in, at one school it's a, a rival school so I'll just be honest with you, I was kind of happy that it was happening. But I did did see it at a rival school where they had a very obvious division between the upperclassmen and the lowerclassmen. The problem was, and it was a basketball team, the problem was they had two underclassmen starting. And it was really weird to sit in the stands and watch their juniors and seniors during warmups taking all their shots. And I'm thinking, why is the sophomore and freshman rebounding? Why are they not getting any shots? And, um, you know, I watched them come to the bench because I. I kind of got fascinated. It was almost like a game within a game. And I started watching and they came over to the bench and this freshman and the sophomore, you know, they're bringing water down to the other end of the bench and, you know, they're making sure towels are, are on the box of the the chairs, and then they get in the huddle, and they're introducing names, and of course the freshmen and the sophomores are starting. And I'm thinking, what is going on? They didn't take a shot the last, I don't know, 12 to 14 minutes of warm-up. And I'm thinking, this is, this is an issue, and then, you know, I watched them win the jump ball. And I watched the team run their offense. And and I watched, you know, the freshman shoot. And I watched him blow, I don't know, his first three shots. I watched the sophomore get off to um, a fairly decent start by driving them all. And I realized... I went down and talked to a reporter in our area and I realized the freshman and the sophomore, you know, they didn't have an outstanding number of points at halftime, but they did have points at halftime. They had a couple rebounds, you know, and, um, they had a couple of assists each and I thought, you yeah, know, they're playing pretty, pretty good. I thought for freshmen and sophomore. And then I watched them come back out. And the same thing basically happened at halftime. The freshmen and the sophomore weren't getting any shots. They were rebounding for the upperclassmen. And then I proceeded to watch the coach have his his get-together, and they walk out in the third quarter, and the team kind of has a separate meeting Almost at the top of the key. It wasn't their ball out. And I could see the upperclassmen, the three upperclassmen, the freshmen and the sophomore. And I was like, gee, I wonder what that's about. And I looked at the coach and I really didn't see him notice it or pay attention to it. And I thought, "This is this is weird. And like I said, for me, it became a game within a game. And then I saw the division. Uh, When they finally got the ball on offense, they started freezing the sophomore out. They weren't passing to him. Um, I don't care if no one was within 20 feet of him. I don't know that they would have passed him the ball. And I was thinking, wow, there is a huge division on this team and I started watching their bench and their bench wasn't rooting for this sophomore and as far as I know the sophomore might be the biggest jerk pain in the butt in the whole wide world I have no idea but um they they just totally froze him out well um they called a timeout. I don't know what was said in the timeout. Um, It was within 30 seconds. The sophomore ended coming out. And they put a senior in in his place. Well, to me, it looked like almost immediately they started freezing the freshman out. And I was like, whoa, who's running this team? And are none of the coaches noticing this division that is going on and that is costing their team? They weren't playing like a team. They weren't a family. They weren't one, as I hear so many coaches say. And it was just interesting to watch. And like I said, it was almost like the coaches weren't picking up on it and it was kind of like it was um an unsaid thing on the bench because the bench wasn't you know acknowledging it now there were parents up in the stands probably those kids parents that did notice it but it it was really weird And so, you've got to recognize when these 5Ds are happening within your team, they're happening within your parents, they're happening within you. And you've got to be able to step back and get into a positive uh, mind frame and get your positive beliefs, your positive thoughts, thoughts, Back, and you've got to fix it and change it because not only can it cost you games, it can cost you relationships between you and your player, between a par- parent and a player, between players and players. But it can cost you kids. And by that, I mean these 5Ds, if left alone, the kid's not playing your sport next year. They're not having fun. They're not happy. They're having constant tension and stress and worry. And they don't want to play anymore. So, all I'm saying is just be aware of them. Be aware and have a plan before you start your season. Right now, we don't have anything else better to do than sit down and figure out how are we going to do, how are we going to deal with these five D's, how are we going to make our teams better so um that's that's kind of my thoughts please check west virginia overtimes facebook and twitter pages so that you know when the free stuff's coming out i hope all of you know that um the nl and nba are offering their whole whole entire system basically free um I encourage football coaches to use that. I actually watched one of the NFL game session breakdowns that is available. I thought it was unbelievable. It is where a coach is with a player and is actually breaking down what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And... I think that that would be so cool for you to write your player, say, hey, the NFL's offering this free, sign up. Um, This week, you watch this session, and um, we're going to set up a chat through Zoom or Skype or Facebook Messenger, and we're going to talk about it. Or you guys text back and forth on it. Or you have them write you up, a little something or you write them up something and say hey i did my homework here here it is uh you watched it now you check my homework and have a couple mistakes in there and see if your kids pick it up but i encourage you guys to to use the nfl network and and the nba network and you know use those to your best of your abilities um uh, make cuts out of them or have them watch certain games of certain players or or anything like that but this is sam with West Virginia overtime like i said you can reach me at Overtime at gmail.com and i look forward to hearing from you guys and i will be talking to you guys soon